Thank you for listening to our new sermon series, Don't Quit. In the midst of a changing world where darkness grows more each day, Jesus is the reason we do not give up or give in. Jesus is our victory. The elephant in the room, kiddos, you may be dismissed, is that we are sitting down this morning. And uh, I, as, if you feel uncomfortable by it, I promise you I'm a hundred times more uncomfortable uh, than you are. And uh, I appreciate uh, your prayers. I've injured my right knee and it's on the mend. Uh, Wednesday, I wasn't able to put any pressure whatsoever at all on my right side. And now I can probably put 10 10 pounds or so of pressure on it, so it's healing, and uh, I appreciate uh, I appreciate your prayers. And uh, so, take your Bibles, please. Turn to Second Thessalonians, chapter number three. Second Thessalonians, chapter number three. And it's good to be here this week. Thank you for being here. And uh, last week I had the privilege of uh, helping a church up in Fairfield, Calvary Baptist Church. They had just voted on a new pastor, and uh, he will be uh, moving out from the East Coast sometime at the end of this month. But uh, one of the reasons why they, they wanted our church to assist in helping them was they were going from an, uh, from an older pastor uh, in his 60s, uh, late 60s, and to a much younger man. And uh, they wanted, and I appreciated that they viewed me as much younger. I really liked that. And, uh, but just to kind of help them when it comes to, you know, just just maybe some of that transition that takes place um, with a changing of a pastor. And, um, and so uh, thank you for allowing me to be away. And I believe the Lord used the time there and uh, to be able to be able to minister to them. Second Thessalonians chapter three. And if you get a chance, say hi to Heido in the back right there or he'll be your back left. Uh, but he's a brand new dad of a couple weeks of a baby, Chloe. How big was Chloe? 19 inches. And how many pounds? Six pounds. Uh, when I got to hold her, as soon as they got home, I was there at the house. And literally, it was like one hand in it, you know, like, you know, like the, you know, the, you know, whatever that is, you know, the Heisman Trophy. I was doing that with their baby, just one hand. I mean, just, it was, oh, it's awesome. Maybe time for another. Amen. Y'all have been asking me for years, and uh, just ask Sarah, okay? Second <laughs> uh, Thessalonians chapter number three. Uh, if you are in the, uh, the the book there in your seat, uh, it'd be page 1167, I believe it is. Uh, but Second Thessalonians chapter number three. Let's begin reading in verse number one. It says, "Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified." even as it is with you, and that ye may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And ye have confidence in the Lord touching you, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. This morning I want to by the grace of God, sitting down, I'll do the best I can. I think this is a first for me other than Sunday school a moment ago. Uh, but a message is entitled, Advancing the Gospel. Still in our series of Don't Quit, uh, but Advancing the Gospel. Let's pray one more time, please. Father, we come before you, and uh, Lord, we're just thankful to be in church today. And uh, Lord, with how this week has gone, it's amazing how what I'll be asking the church to do today. 
and that will be to pray for us and uh, how I've needed it this week. And there isn't a week that I don't need it, uh, but God, just uh, the emotions of, of just you know sitting and being able to do nothing, uh, trying to study kind of almost on your back is, is so difficult. And uh, yet I knew that people were praying. And uh, God, we pray that as we uh, look into this text of really the advancement of the gospel, we see one of the uh, one of the fuels for that, and uh, that is prayer. And uh, God, I just pray that you'd bless this time. I pray that you'd help me to, uh, Lord, articulate what you've uh, placed upon my heart. And uh, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I appreciate you allowing me to sit down. I know it's a, a little odd. When I first came in here and Mike had it set up, I'm like, man, it looks like a throne up there. Please do not feel like that in any way uh, that, that, that it would be that. When you, when, when you come into 2 Thessalonians here in chapter 3, you get a glimpse here of the great bond of love that Paul had for uh, these early believers uh, here at the church at Thessalonica. And uh, they loved this man because uh, he, had, he had told them the gospel. He had, he had brought the, the good news of the saving faith that is found in Jesus Christ. And if you're, if you're seated here this morning and you do not know that saving faith of where you would, where you would, um, or where you would go after you pass through this life, where you would take the last, your last breath, and what would happen after that in eternity in heaven or hell, uh, it's found in Jesus Christ. And Paul had brought that message to this group of believers, and there was a great kindred, there was a love between um, those believers and Paul. And, and and Paul says to him, says to these group of believers. As he's kind of he's gone through a journey of this letter to them, he's told them he said, "Hey, the second coming hasn't already come. Uh, if you've if you've heard that news by uh, some other form of of you know some other letter, whether it's been forged and they've signed my name or some other word of prophecy from someone else," and he says, "No, this time's going to come after the Antichrist arises." And we spent a couple weeks on that and how the spirit of Antichrist is working today. Uh, in our midst and uh, can creep even into our lives. But now he's getting ready to close down this letter and he says, pray for us. But the question you ought to ask is, who is the us? You know, Paul really hasn't indicated much in this letter of who is the us. Well, Paul would have been referring to, obviously, himself and Silas and Timothy. This would have kind of been a a team here, and he's saying, pray for me and pray for my team. Now I want to ask this question, why would he say pray for us? Why why pray for us? Is Paul making much of himself? Is he, uh, you know, is he talking about himself? Does he have some self-interest that begin to creep in? Sometimes you and I will not ask somebody to pray for us, because we sometimes are concerned, well, they're going to think we're only about ourselves. And, well, I want, to, I want to pray for others. I don't want people to pray for me. And yet, Paul says, hey, I want you to, I want you to pray for us. I want, you to, I want you to pray for our team. And it wasn't self-centered. It wasn't out of pride. Uh, I notice what the text says. It says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they had been called by God and they had been recognized by the church to give themselves full-time 
to the ministry of the gospel there in, in Thessalonica. Now, Paul went to a lot of different places, but, uh, but they, you know, they had been commissioned uh, by the church. They had been called by God. And this calling of the messengers is to give themselves fully to the work of the gospel. Why? So that the message could advance and so that it could have free course. See that, see that phrase there? That the, that the word of the Lord or the gospel may have free course. You know what that word, those words literally mean? They literally mean run. That they may run. That the gospel, that the word of the Lord, that the gospel would, would run. That it, may, that it may move fast. And that the gospel, that it would be glorified. That it would be honored when the power of the gospel becomes evident. When lives begin to change. When it begins to work within somebody and a life is changed. Uh, James Denny in his book, The Epistles to the Thessalonians, he said this, A message from God that did nothing would not be honored. It would be discredited and shamed. If it is the glory of the gospel to lay hold of men, to transfigure them, to lift them out of evil into the company and likeness of Christ. Okay? So nobody would honor, nobody would glorify a message if it didn't bring any change. Nobody would honor the gospel if it didn't touch lives and radically change what is going on. So what Paul is saying in this first verse here, he's saying, I, I, I want you to pray that, that many would hear the gospel. And that as they're hearing, that the, that the power of this gospel, that it would run, that it would, that it would advance, that it would have free course from, from heart to heart, that it wouldn't be hindered. Why? So that so that so that lives could be changed. So that it could so that it could work in them and transform the people around them. And so the number one priority of the church is to advance the gospel. If I could word it a different way, would be to advance the kingdom. Okay? To advance the kingdom, to advance the gospel. He, God has placed us, He's kept us here as ambassadors um, for the gospel's sake. And so pray, Paul says, pray that the gospel would spread rapidly and that it would bear fruit. You've seen that Christ can, what you, you have seen, what Christ can do through the gospel in your own lives. You all have experienced that if we would give you time this morning to testify, you would be able to say, here is what the gospel, the saving faith of Jesus Christ, here's what it has done for me. I was, I was on this path, and then the gospel was presented to me at whatever age you were, and you trusted the gospel, and it changed your life. Maybe it restored a marriage. Maybe it brought back or, 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 or took away an addiction, or it's still in the process, right, of changing you, of transforming you, of sanctifying you. And so Paul is saying, hey, pray. Pray that the gospel would have, that would have fruit and that this fruit would, would live in the lives of others. Pray not only that the gospel will be proclaimed to all people, but that it will bear fruit to them, as Paul says in our text of verse number 1, at the end of it, even as it is with you. 
So Paul's, hey, he's trying to remind us here. He's saying, hey, why don't you, why don't you think about what it was like before and see how it was glorified or how it can be honored as it worked in your life and pray that those same type of movement, the same type of advancement of the gospel would take place in our world. Ask God for this. This is who we are. This is what my life's calling is, is to advance the gospel. This is what Mike Diego's uh, full full-time calling. Remember what he says, pray for us. These are the those that have been recognized by the church, okay? That that they're giving their life that the that the gospel would advance. Okay? And so we are people who want the gospel to run in the Bay Area. We wanted to we wanted to just have free reign. In a day and when he, when many churches are declining and when many Churches are, have, have abandoned the Gospel. We want to do all we can to see the message of the Lord spread. We do not want to see that it happen slowly or that it happen incrementally, but rapidly. What we want to see is that the fruit of the Gospel transforming power in the lives of many people. So pray for this, church. Redwood, pray for this. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying to Thessalonica in some 2,000, some, approximately some 2,000 years later, he's now saying it to us. He's saying, hey, brethren, pray that the gospel, that, 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 it would have a, that, that it would have a movement, that it would, that it would run, and that it would have free course. Now, let me say this. It's our priority for the gospel to advance. But if that's going to happen, you and I are going to need to understand this next point. The gospel spreads rapidly through people. Through people. Okay? I know you're going to feel like it's kindergarten, but how many of you are a person? Right? It spreads through people. Through people. Back to the text of verse 1. Paul says, finally, brethren. Okay? He's talked about uh, how... You know you're gonna you're gonna have tough times. You're gonna you you're gonna struggle, and Jesus Christ is your victor, okay? And uh, you're gonna you're gonna win by loving more. You're gonna win by uh, by by adhering to the word more. That's chapter one. And then chapter two, he talks about how uh, the evil one is gonna come, the you know, the antichrist, and there's that spirit of antichrist. But again, the Lord is still working. He's gonna use you. He's gonna use me. And now he says, hey, I want you to I want you to pray for us. Verse 1 again, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. I want you to notice the combination in that text. Paul doesn't just say, pray for us. And nor does Paul just say, pray that the gospel would have free course. No, no, no. Paul combines the two. Paul says, pray for us. For us, that, right? That the gospel of the Lord or that the word of the Lord would have free course. Pray for us. He's saying, look, it, it, it works through people. It works through you. It, it, it works through me that, that, that the gospel would run. Now, this is the point that you and I need to, you and I need to grasp today. Okay? There's no, there's no grandstanding when it comes to the gospel. There's no just, hey, you know what? Ah, hey, you know what? Um, I had the privilege of meeting Mike here this morning. And um, 
And just it's a pleasure to talk to him. And he's been he's been uh, literally uh, in, in working for the Lord for he said 40 years. Some in the Philippines now here uh, here in America. And and he has a heart for evangelism. Guess what? It's not just Mike's job. We can't just sit back and say, hey, you know what? That's Ryan's job, and you know that, that's Mike Diego's job. You know that no, it is it works through people. It works through conversations, and it's going to run. And how is the gospel going to run? Well, if you and I allow me to preach the gospel to you here this morning, and you and I, as uh, little ambassadors for Jesus Christ, we take that out, and we go out into all of our communities, and we go out into our workplaces, and we're speaking life everywhere in our conversations and in our life, just like Christ did at the woman of the well when we went through that series, then it's going to run. But it works through people. People. Say, well... I hear it on the radio, but who's speaking it on the radio works through people. The message of the gospel has no value to people without a messenger to bring it, unless they hear. Okay, So Romans 10, verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, now in this text here, well, how can they do that unless if they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The key point of this passage, and really even verse number one, is that the gospel spreads through us spreads through people. It advances rapidly through people who are, okay, called full-time, so to speak, to do that. But my challenge to you is that you all of of us are called full-time to always be an ambassador, to always be speaking life into the people in which uh, we we, we work with and that God has placed in our life. Okay, but so certainly God has called people to, um, to organize the church and to, you know, to, to help the church and to equip the church to do those things. And that's, so that's why Paul asked for prayers for himself as well as for his team so that the gospel may move forward with speed. Can I ask you? Pray for our pastoral team. Please. Pray for our missionaries. I'm doing a, um, a just a, kind of an internal thing on, on, on trying to just better get our missionaries out to you. And to, you know, I'm, I've literally reached out to all of them, I believe they've all received it, to where we want regular updates. They don't all do it, and some of them live in, like, areas where, you know, they don't get Internet and things like that for, you know, a couple months. And, and I get that. But to where, where you and I, we have a better knowledge of our missionaries and what's going on and praying for them praying that the gospel would advance, that it would spread rapidly, that it would have free course in countries where it seems like it is shut out. Can I tell you what? America feels like a country where the gospel is shut out. I'm telling you, it does. Sometimes it just feels like it just has no stickiness to the world. And so pray Pray for the, pray, I say in my notes here, pray for the pastoral team. Of course, that would, be, that would just be me and Mike. And so here's the strategy. If you want to see the gospel have free course, 
If you want to see the gospel spread rapidly, then pray for people who have been called by God and um, recognized by the church to lead the advance. Our leadership, they need your prayers. Listen to me. They need your financial support. Okay? Mike and I, we do not have, we do not have other jobs that we go to throughout the week. We, 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 we go at this full-time, ministering to people. There's not, there's not a week that goes by where there's not additional meetings in people's homes and at Starbucks. And we love it all. I'm not complaining. Okay? So pray. Pray for that. Pray for our missionaries. Financially support our missionaries. Why? So that they could allow the gospel to run freely and quickly. I desperately need your prayers. Desperately. And God really, really reminded me that this week. Put me on my back for just days. Just my just foot and my, my whole leg elevated. Have you ever tried to work? Maybe you have tried to work on a laptop at home, you know, with like kind of this like it's really, really difficult. You know, but you know what God's wanting to do? He's wanting to humble me. You're not supposed to amen that, Marquita. I love Marquita. She's the most honest person I know. She came up after me and she, of course, did that in love. She was referring that he wants to humble all of us. That's good. Came up, and she, she was wondering if I was a single child, you know, if I was an only child. Because I was talking about in Sunday school how selfish I am. And no, I, I do have an older brother, so I'd steal his toys. But pray for us. Pray for me. I desperately need it and want it. The prayers of God's people. So God's people at or God's gospel spreads through people. Can I ask you a tough question? Would it matter to you if the gospel advanced incrementally or slowly or not at all? Does it bother you does it bother you? Does it does it resonate with you? you? Say, well, Ryan, that's you know that's that's your job. That's that's Pastor Mike's. I I understand the full time concept of that and the recognition of of the church. That Paul is referencing that here. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to take it out of the text. He's saying, hey, pray for those of us that have been that that are in the full time. But the application would be that you and I, that we actually would be praying for this. That we, would be, that we would be burdened for this. That the gospel would run, not just at slow little steps, but that it would have, that it would have free, free course. Are you praying that the gospel will spread rapidly? Does it matter to you? And if you're praying that the gospel will spread rapidly, how do you think that that will happen? The answer to that question is determined on what you believe is does God really call you to be an ambassador? I've preached from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 multiple times over the years here that you and I, we are in his ambassadors uh, for, for God here. So here's what Paul says. Here, here's how it happens. He says, pray. Pray for those that are going to take the message of the Lord and pray that it would spread rapidly. God has given us pastors and missionaries who've been called and gifted to lead in this way of making this happen. Pray for us that the message of the Lord would spread quickly. Now, candidly, I'll be honest with you. My greatest fear this morning in 
speaking to you today about prayer and specifically hinting towards giving would be that those that already do so much would take on even a, uh, a, a and I don't know what anybody gives, but a greater, uh, a greater burden and you would extend yourself beyond what God is actually calling you to do. That somehow you would take a message like this, me mentioning the prayer and the financial support, that you would somehow take that as you know, some form of like a backpack of, oh, I've got to do more. That was, my, that was honestly my greatest fear is God was working on my heart uh, this week with this text. And honestly, I hope that you won't do that. Okay? If all of us will just do what we can, and again, I, you know, I, I, I don't know who those people are, but if we'll do what we can, we'll always have what we need to do all that the Lord is calling us to accomplish. So, if you are, <laughs> ooh, here's the sticky stuff. So if you are, you know, if you are newer to our church, we need you to participate in the ministry where God is placing you. Okay? Again, I have no clue what what, what anybody gives, and you could, you know, you can ask our deacons with that. I do that. I, I do that on purpose. Okay? It's because I want to be able to love anybody and everybody exactly the same. But putting your prayer and your giving where God is putting you. Pray for us that the message of the Lord would run. Now I want you to notice this, this, this text is amazing. The relationship is not a one-way street in this text. Okay, On either sides of this request of prayer by the Apostle Paul and for his team, you find the Apostle Paul praying for this church. In the earlier chapter, in chapter 2, verse 16, he's in the middle of a prayer here, and it says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself, and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given us eternal, given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, now that he would comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, word and work. Okay? And so the man who brought the gospel to these people is also praying for them. And then we find Paul praying for them again uh, later in this text. In verse number 5, that the Lord direct your heart into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. And so the love that Paul had for these people, it's written all over this letter. Really both letters. 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. Paul's, Paul's relationship with this church, it wasn't a professional one. It wasn't just merely, hey, you know, hey, I appreciate the fact that you pay my paycheck. By the way, I am very thankful for that. I'm able to, you know, supply food for my family and, and those. I'm absolutely thankful for that. But that wasn't just what the relationship was. Paul and this church, there was such a, just a, a kindred spirit between them to where he would pray for them and he would extend his love to them. And then also he's saying, hey, you also pray for us. Okay. Paul asked for prayer for himself and for his team. Why? He said it multiple times so the gospel would advance. His own mind and his own heart, they were completely pledged to these people. It wasn't for his own, for his own gain or anything like that. Okay? And then kind of as you go through the text, you, you see that Paul turns from the us to more of the you and the we. Verse 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith but the lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil and we have confidence in the lord touching you 
that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. See that relationship? There's a genuine, it's a genuine love between the men, or between the, between he and his team and, and the church. Hey, you pray for us. And by the way, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that the gospel would continue to build your life, that you would continue to to live in what God has commanded you to live in. And so I want to end this with you this morning with this. Verse number four is so amazing. And we have confidence in the Lord. We have confidence in the Lord. I'll be honest with you, that verse has meant a great deal to me this week. You know, there's so it's so easy to kind of it's easy to get discouraged, isn't it? It is. So easy for things not to go the way you had planned, and this and that, and um, and it's just it's easy at times for for the devil to kind of creep in, or that spirit of antichrist, right, to kind of creep in. Ah, God doesn't love you, and ah, God doesn't care. And, and God God gave me this verse this week to just just to minister to me. And we have confidence in the Lord. Now, why can we have confidence in the Lord? It's because of verse three it says, "But the Lord." is faithful. The Lord is faithful. John Stott said, God will not allow either His Word or His church to fail. See, the Lord is faithful to His people. The Lord is faithful to His church. And God is going to be faithful to you this morning. And God is going to be faithful to this place. And that is why Paul can say, hey, I've got, I've got confidence in the gospel. I've got confidence that it's going to work, that it's going to get into people's lives, and it's going to help them navigate and to be, a, to be able to obey the, the commands with which God has commanded us. He knows that God is working. My friends, I have confidence in God that He's working in your life. Because God is faithful. God is faithful to His Word and He's faithful to you working in your life. God's faithfulness is seen not only in what He does through His Word, but what He's doing in your life. Mike and I will often talk about it throughout the week and we'll say, hey, have you, have you seen so-and-so and, and what God is doing there and, and this conversation? And you can tell that the Gospel has, yes, it's been received at the age in which you received it, but it's still germinating fruit that may abound. The bond of love between this man, these pastors, and this faithful congregation is a beautiful thing. It's a partnership. It's a partnership of pastors, partnership of missionaries and of people that say, you know what? I want the gospel. I want the word of the Lord to spread with free course. I want it to literally be able to run. I want to use it. I want to, I want to give to the, to the program that's trying to, to, to trying to make the gospel run. I'm going to pray for those that are trying to encourage us. I'm going to pray for the missionaries and the leadership. Let me ask you a question as I close. Have you felt the, one, the wonder of the redeeming love of Christ in your own soul lately? To the point where you feel that it is worth great sacrifice? to bring love to others? Have you just wondered in the gospel for a little bit that, that God would love you 
that he would send Christ to walk this earth amongst his very creation, to rub shoulders with the very mess that Genesis said in Genesis 6, their hearts were only evil continually before the flood. I mean, this is what creation does. This is what sinners do. And God said, I'm going to send my son to be sin. He's going to take on the sin of mankind so that they could take on his righteousness. So you and I could have a home in heaven and that he would die on the cross to pay for our sin. Have you, have you reveled in that lately? Have you been reminded? I try to do it every week. You've been reminded of the gospel, the rich truths of who Christ is for you. And with that reveling, with that amazement of who Jesus is, cause you to say, God, what do you want me to do so that the gospel could run? So that someone else could experience this love that I have experienced. It's an amazing reality of lavishing in the sunshine of the love of God so that you can extend that to others. It's a beautiful dichotomy. We rarely extend it if we're not reveling in it. If you're not understanding that Jesus is your victor on a day-to-day basis, most likely we're not going to be extending that rescue to those that are around us. Would you pray for us? Please? I beg you to constantly put, put me on, and this sounds so selfish, put me on your prayer list. Put Mike on your prayer list. Put our, put, put our leadership on your prayer list. Put the people of our church on your prayer list. Put our missionaries, and I'm going to do a better job getting that info to you, on your, on your prayer list so that the gospel would run. And then would you say, God, how would you want me to help that run faster? Well, I know what he's going to want you to do. He's going to want you to be that voice too in a world that is around us. I pray that God will light a flame in all of our hearts for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus Christ, and for the advancement of his kingdom in our church. That's how Paul begins to finish up his letter here. He said, I want the gospel to run, but for that to happen, we've got to be praying for one another. And so would you please do that? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask you right now to please pray. Would you please pray for me and my family? That sounds so selfish, but it's not. So that the gospel can run. Would you pray for, for Mike and our deacons and their families? And would you pray generally for our missionaries? That the gospel would run. And if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, in a moment I'm going to step down from this platform and I'm going to make my way to the back. I'd love you to introduce you to this love that God bestowed upon us in the person of Jesus Christ and what He did for us. But would you pray?